The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. We're going to uh, continue on this afternoon with our health series. Uh, we've been taking a look over the past couple of weeks about, about COVID and your health, your mental health, all the different aspects that COVID has had an impact on. And, and you know, if, if you're having trouble staying away from other people during lockdown, it may have nothing to do with whether or not you're a social butterfly. No, in fact, it could be essentially genetic. The urge to gather with other people, that can be traced back long before our time. Here's Tristan Field-Jones to explain. This is the 630 Chad Health Series, brought to you by Pharmacy at Your Door. Never wait in line again. Free same-day delivery, now available in Edmonton. Does this sound familiar? It's been a little depressing this year. I think I've let COVID get to us all. We're going to Skype ourselves having a great supper. We're going to include our friends and our family and do the best we can. I'm sure a lot of seniors or people living alone can go and join a family, but they can't. So we're sitting here by ourselves. We have spent months away from each other in person. On the surface, it seems quite simple. Stay home and avoid close contacts. But why is this so difficult? Why are we constantly battling the urge to meet with people? It turns out being forced to isolate for extended periods of time doesn't just go against societal norms, it contradicts the very nature that defines human beings. In essence, by avoiding people, you are fighting your own DNA, hardwired by millions of years of evolution. Mariana Roxendick is a biological anthropologist at the University of Winnipeg who studies human evolution. We are not just social animals, but we are extreme cooperators. She says our social interdependence can be traced back to our primate ancestors, even before humans walked the earth. With the exception of orangutans, primates always live in groups. And they always navigate complex groups because there is lots of um, social interactions and uh, positioning and signaling and all sorts of things that happen in a primate group. And so humans are just an extreme primate in that sense. Roxendick says these gatherings were crucial for developing intelligence. The size of the group and navigation of these social contacts, you know, who do you talk to, who do you not talk to, who do you hug, who do you not hug, actually has a much more positive correlation with brain size. And our brain developed in response to these complex social networks. She points to an astonishing example of early social behavior dating back 1.8 million years. An ancient human skull discovered in the country of Georgia appeared to have lost most of its teeth, a death sentence for any other creature. But in this case... They survived for quite some time after they have lost almost all of their teeth. So this is remarkable. They did take care of their elderly. And that means that there was a value associated with the old person in the group. According to Roxendick, this cooperation was essential when hunter-gatherers were taking down large prey. As a single human, you cannot actually go out and, sh- and kill an elephant or a mammoth. But as a group of humans, you're actually quite capable of uh, 
you know, figuring out uh, who goes first, who goes next, who's most likely to succeed. You also know how to support your fellow creature when they are in the position of danger. This behavior remained crucial as we built farms, settled the first towns, and eventually established civilizations. Anything made by humans is the result of intricate cooperation no other species has achieved. And that's thanks to the interaction between our ancestors millions of years ago. So when you look back at history, it's no wonder staying home and avoiding other people for a long time can be damaging to your mental health. But how do you know if the isolation is getting to you? Clinical psychologist Raymond Abdulrahman says a lack of drive or generally being disinterested are key indications that your well-being is taking a hit. It can also happen that we find ourselves eating more, that our sleep is disrupted, we're sleeping a lot more or a lot less, we might become increasingly agitated. So sometimes the, the difficulty is physical and we have more pains and aches and people don't think about that as tied to mental health, but it is. According to Abdul Rahman, the best way to cope with isolation is to reach out. A phone call or even a text message can do a lot of good. Connect with other people frivolously. There's no, it's not an empty calorie. Just please, by all means, engage with other people as much as possible and that can do a lot. Talk about the fact that you feel lonely, you're tired, because you know the likelihood is the rest of the people that you know are probably feeling that way too. And if we don't talk about it, it creates a false sense of shame around it. And that makes it harder for us to address the problem. Mariana Roxendick also believes interacting with people is essential, even during a pandemic. She says if we somehow stopped being social, humans would be unrecognizable as a species. I don't really know that I would ever <laughs> consider that humans can become solitary animals. We are so hardwired for communication. For the 2021 Health Series, I'm Tristan Field-Jones. The 630 Chad Health Series, brought to you by Pharmacy at Your Door. So we're hardwired for humanity and for interaction in any form, they say, even if it's on those horrible Zoom calls, which I, I loved in the initial stage and then just got really tired of it. But, but apparently even a little bit, even even interacting frivolously is well yeah. worthwhile. I uh, I had a chuckle Thanks. about uh, when they sang how it, you know, might uh, be impacting you, you know, lack of drive, eating more, you know, difficulty sleeping, being agitated. I call that menopause, Daryl. That's like, <laughs> that's all that. <laughs> but no, it's, but it is true. I think when you look at a lot of that, a lot of people have experienced all of those things over the past year, right? Why yeah, did maybe we not turn to, yeah, maybe not continuously, to but you get foods. pangs of it, sure. Yeah, absolutely. So we'll take a quick break here at 2.42. Chedville, want you to weigh in how you've been, you know, managing through this. I think one of the most difficult things has been not being able to see the people, you know, that you love, that you want to spend time with, maybe your best pals, your best pals. Let us hear your story. Gigi says, I really miss seeing my three-year-old and four-and-a-half-year-old grandkids. Um 
Lyle says, I have three people in my life, my wife, my two dogs, uh, and don't forget my pile of sawdust because he does amazing woodwork as well. And it has <laughs> yes. been tricky, Daryl. I mean, for people who are very, very social, I think the past year has been um, has been devastatingly hard. Other people are thriving in it all. Oh, who's that? Well, I think there are some folks out there who um, don't maybe need to be around people as much. Can you hear me? I, I suppose, but you know what? Pardon me? I was just wondering if you could hear me or not. That's all. I think we had a glitch oh, there. I could. The you just sort of disappeared there for a little bit. See, and it's, thank goodness we have some technology to stay connected and stay uh, stay, stay together. I, I think, you know what? I can tend to be a loner. I still like interacting with people. I like talking with people, but I, I'm very much happy to have my alone time. So you could always think that I'm a natural for just being more than happy to just be off by myself, taking care of business. But that can be a very short-term thing. So while some people are, seem to be doing pretty well, I think it, it still doesn't hurt to reach out and that, that frivolous interaction, if you like, even if it's a text, to, just to make sure. Because as that report said, we are hardwired to be together in, in, in some form or another, and we choose to what level that is. And then not having the choice. So, you know, if I have a choice, maybe I do want to be by myself. But when that choice is taken away from me, that becomes a lot more difficult to deal with. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Without a doubt. Yeah. We always want to have. Uh, we always want to have that choice. I. I um. I. I think about. You know. You talk. You're talking about reaching out and connecting with people. And I. And I think at the very start of that, of all of this, that was happening more. And I'm wondering. My husband and I were talking about this actually just the other day. That it seems that even some of our, our closest friends, we aren't reaching out as much as we were before those great group texts those those chats that we used to have you know on a regular basis aren't there anymore the 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 drive-by drop-offs of surprises on the front doorstep seem to have tapered off or uh, off a little bit and i and i think that's i think that's too bad um and uh, because i really do miss that connection and that's how we were doing it it's funny, as uh, a friend of mine, uh, Cindy, who texted in and said, uh, you know, I, that she texted me earlier today, said, I've been tuning into Ched for a while now to trick my brain into thinking I'm interacting with the human race. Voices, people talking, it makes me feel not so alone. So <laughs> happy to be here. Hopefully that uh, that makes a difference for you. And Neil says, you know, the same thing. He says, I'm one of the thrivers. I'm an introvert at heart. Not having to go to parties and weddings and socializing in general over the past year without needing an excuse has been recharging. He's loved it. He's absolutely (laughs) loved it. Yeah, it works in some cases. But you know what? It was, it was sort of the, uh, the the tougher restrictions that were through that Christmas period where suddenly mm. outdoor gatherings were no longer allowed. So the indoor is one thing, but we had this gorgeous weather. So many of us were able to interact with our friends and family through outdoor gatherings. I have a fire pit yeah. in the backyard and there's plenty of room for everybody. People brought their own libation and they bring their own, their own treats. So there was not, you know, you could keep that social distance, yet you could still see each other. Just looking yeah. into another human being's eyes without having to do so through a computer screen or your phone there's just something about that that just makes all the difference in the world so it's nice that we, we can have outdoor gatherings up to 10 or you go for a walk and you sort of stay away from each other a little bit and we finally have the weather where that is doable again but that time over christmas that was that was that was a bit of a cruncher 
Yeah, for sure. I'll, I'll be honest with you. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, um, you know, one of the couples that we that we like to hang out with, we actually said, okay, you know what, we've had enough you know, screw this, let's uh, get together, you know, family day weekend, we'll, we'll be socially distanced. We, we even talked about, and I, I can't believe I'm telling you this, but I'm telling you that we actually talked okay. about, you know, having them over or us going to their place and trying to be as far away as possible, all that, but at least be, you know, at least do that and try to follow all the rules, even though we were breaking the biggest rule mm-hmm. uh, that has been set out. Um, and we, and, and, and we might have had the conversation after, uh, you know, a, a couple of uh, pops, um, and it was all, yeah, we were full of, you know, oh, all of this, the bravado. And then, you know, the next day, Coach and I, Jim and I looked at each other and said, we can't do that. And yeah. then they got in touch with us a, a few days later leading into that weekend. They're like, oh, no, man, we can't do that either. We just mm-hmm. can't. But it was just that, even for a second, thinking, oh, my goodness, we're going to get to see, you know, Trina and Mike, and, and, and it'll mm-hmm. be really cool. And uh, it was just a little bit of hope for a bit, I think. <laughs> there was an, a Saturday Night Live skit a couple of weeks ago, I think it was, and it was basically uh, three couples in a living room going, hey, we're able to get together here a little bit, even though we're not supposed to, but we've all been good, right? I haven't, I haven't, it's just been my own little bubble of friends. I haven't seen anybody else yeah me neither just you know the drug dealer down the street i saw that guy the other day so it was ridiculous right but it it really tapped into that we were desperate to find an excuse to justify Mm -hmm. seeing people Mm -hmm. i guess that's what hardwired is it's almost enough to just send us over a direction that we're not supposed to go because our DNA is begging us to. Yes, absolutely. Um, Jill from Rocky Mountain House texted in as well, says, you know what, I'm thriving for sure. It gives me a good excuse not to be social. I agree with Daryl when it comes to alone time, but I've had 25 years of this being my normal happy face. (laughs) Uh, Jill from Rocky Mountain House, always great to hear from you this afternoon. So just, I think, you know, the whole gist of it is if you're feeling that pull, it's it's not that you're being naughty. It's that you might be, um, you're hardwired to do it. And sometimes yeah. it is really hard to uh, tamp down those things that we are hardwired to do, Daryl. But there are ways to do it well, properly, safely, and then your conscience will thank you afterwards. Unless you don't have a conscience about this stuff. And then, well, stay away from me, would you? <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> <laughs>